Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Transforming Lives Bible Radio Show. With Dr. V of Florence, South Carolina and the Divine Church of Deliverance. Catch Transforming Bible Radio Show every Tuesday with Dr. V at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Positive Power with Double Attack Christian Media and Spreaker Podcast. Lord, we are ready to hear from heaven 
says, get our heart to care now. Get us in position to receive that we will not be the same that when we came on this line, after we get off, oh God, that we will be transformed by this word. We thank you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the precious Holy Ghost, in Jesus Christ's name, we pray, and your people say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Yes, there is a word from the Lord tonight. And as we said, this is your host, Dr. Virginia Singleton, Dr. V, on the line with me tonight. Hit those share and invite button and invite somebody to hear this word on tonight. By permission of the Holy Spirit, tonight we are being led to the writing in the book of the Vision of Psalms, writing number Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is where we will be coming from on tonight. We are going to be reading into our hearing 13 verses. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 13. And the word reads as thus. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, the only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thy might be justified when thy speakest and be clear when thy judgest. Behold, I was shaken in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thy desire is true in the inward part, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. And verse 13, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Yes, there is a word from the Lord. Tonight, our topic for Bible discussion will be, you can start over again. You can start over again. Oh, my goodness. That's enough fact that to preach by itself. 
As we go throughout our passages tonight, we're going to be addressing several things that David addressed when he went before the Father. Because this is a prayer request that David made. And in this prayer request, he was requesting several things. But mainly, he requested forgiveness and cleansing to God for total restoration. But tonight, we're going to look at David's plea. We're going to look at his acknowledgement of his sin. We're going to look at David's confession. We're going to look at David's repentance. We're going to look at David asking for forgiveness. We're going to look at his request for cleansing. Then we're going to look at his request for restoration. Glory be unto the Father. This was a prayer of David for sanctification from his sins and restoration of fellowship and relationship with God after he had sinned with Bathsheba and had her husband, Uriah, killed. Now, David sensed the loss of intimacy he once felt when he walked upright before God. But now, because of this abominable act he had committed in the sight of God, David no longer felt worthy to be called a man after God's own heart. For he had fallen from grace because of who he was. He was a king. His sinful actions devastated the lives of those also who were entrusted under his leadership according to Nathan the prophet. But thank God for David's willingness and his humbleness to come before a mighty father, glory, and plead for mercy, forgiveness, and complete restoration in continuing to do God's will. So as we dissect this lesson tonight, let us put ourselves in David's place. How many of us tonight need to come before God and pray for forgiveness and pray for cleansing and pray for God to restore us back to fellowship and pray that we get back in right relationship with him, that we will be able to continue on the journey that God has charged us to do. And we must come humbly and be willing to acknowledge that we have fallen from grace in the sight of God. When we look at verses 1 and 2, in these two passages, David comes before God, pleading his case, not boasting, but humbly asking for God's mercy to be on him for what he had done. He didn't tell God anything about all the work that he had done. He didn't tell God anything about all the good deeds he had done. He never told God anything about all the prayers he had.
times he fasted. He didn't tell God anything about how many times he paid his tithes and offerings, but he came before God humbly. Yes, he did. He appealed to the goodness and the loving nature of Almighty God. David said, have mercy upon me according to your loving kindness unto the multitude of your and of mercy. See, he was talking to God about how good God was because David recognized at this moment in his life that he has fallen so far away from grace that he has stepped out of line with God, that his life was no longer in line with what God had called him and charged him as a servant of the Lord to do. David realized that right now is not the time for me to come before God boasting and bragging about anything about David, but all I can do is brag on the goodness of the Lord. So he appealed to God's graciousness, and he appealed to God's goodness, and he appealed to the merciful side of God. And he said, oh, uh, to your tender mercy, I need for you to blot out my transgressions and wash me completely from my iniquity. He said, Lord, I need your gratitude right now. I need your faithful love. I need your abundant compassion. And I need you to blot out my rebellion and totally wash away my guilt and cleanse my sin. We need to understand that seeking God, repenting, praying, confessing our sin, and meeting other conditions are required when we backslide in order to be forgiven and restored to grace. Amen? So anytime we backslide, we got to do the same thing that David did. We got to come back, and we got to beg for mercy. Yes, we do. We can't just walk about and act like we ain't done anything in the sight of God. We got to come back, and we got to work the process. We got to follow the kingdom protocols of getting back in right position with God. Isaiah 43 and 25 says, I, even I am he that blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sin. You see, sinners do not deserve forgiveness or any claim to such a blessing. See, forgiveness is a blessing. It's, that's a blessing from God. You know, so we can't walk around boasting and, and bragging just because God forgives us. Because to be forgiven, it is a blessing. Sinners deserve full punishment. But God undertakes by free grace the pardon of all sins, sin that has been repented of, and the cancellation of punishment for our rebellion. He can thus declare that besides me, there is no other Savior. If then it is for God's sake that men are forgiven and they escape hell because God pardoned their sins 
they then owe their entire lives to him to live for his glory and not to live unto themselves. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody need to be shouting right there because we know that God has forgiven some of us for so much. And he said unto whom much have been given, much is required. If men are to be pardoned on these grounds, then they must come to God and to him alone. They must come not to justify themselves, but to confess their sins so that he can be glorified unless they come on God's terms, they can never be forgiven. Therefore, because he is willing to forgive us, you can start over again. When we look at verses 3 and 4, in these passages, David acknowledged to God his shortcomings. So that's another thing. We got to come before the Lord. And we got to acknowledge what we have done. Somebody say, well, he already knows. But guess what? He said, you got to come before me. Tell me what you did. Even though I already know what you're doing, I want you to come before me and acknowledge it. So David came before the Lord in this prayer. He acknowledged to God his shortcomings. He never pretended that he was unaware of his faults in the matter. David came honestly and ready for deliverance from the very thing that caused his temporary separation from God. And he wanted that relationship and he wanted that fellowship back that he once had with God. David desired to start over again, whatever it took. David said, for I acknowledge or I am fully conscious of my rebelliousness and what I have done, I cannot deny nor can I forget it. He goes on to say, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. What is he saying here, Dr. B? This emphasizes the awfulness of sin in God's presence as David has done. The sins of all men are committed against others as well as against God. Remember what David did. David sin was against Uriah, Bathsheba, as well as all of the nation of Israel because he was the king. We remember what he did. David took another man's wife and then he had the man healed. How awful was that? He was the king. In all the power that he had, if he wanted to, which was already awful enough, he had the power to pick Bathsheba, but he didn't have to have Uriah killed. He could have just had the man's wife just because he was the king. 
but he didn't want to stop there. Because the woman was pregnant, he had the man killed. So, and he tried to get Uriah to go in to cover up what he had done. He tried to get Uriah to come off of the battlefield and go in and be with his wife so he could say that she got pregnant while he was off the battlefield, home on leave. When he knew that was not the case. So that's how come this was such an awful thing. And David recognized what he had done. But yet he acknowledged it to the fullest. He said, I'm fully conscious of how awful that thing was, God. What I did. But I'm here before you. I want to make this thing right. And I don't deny for one moment. What I did, how awful it was. I will not try to dress it up because I know God in your sight. Not only did I sin against you, but I have hurt that Sheba. I called her to fall, and I also called her husband to fall. So David told God, however you to chastise me. Hallelujah. You will be justified in doing so because I am your servant. See, we are God's workmen and we are God's chosen servants. When we step out of line, however God chooses to chastise us, he don't see it as a punishment. He sees it as chastisement. However he chooses to chastise us, he has every right to do so, and he is justified in his form of chastisement. Prove it, Dr. V. Come here, Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 7 and 8. When it talks about our sonship in him, those of us who are born again, by, been born again by faith into Jesus Christ. He says, if you endure chastening, God did it with you as your son. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereby or whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards, and not sons. All glory. However, in Christ, you can start over again. What God is saying here in essence, if you are mine, and you claim that you are born again into my son, and you have accepted what he did to you at Calvary, if I need to chastise you, I will chastise you. It's not about whether you like it or not. I do it because I love you. He's saying, wouldn't you prefer me chastising you? However harsh you feel that it is, wouldn't you rather my chastisement versus me allowing your soul to enter into hell of eternal punishment? He said, there you will be punished. However, I'll choose to chastise 
your short beat? What is your preference? Punish me or chastise me? So David said, however you choose to chastise me, according to this awful sin that I have committed in your sight, here I am, pouring my life out before you. I stand naked before you, Father. Chastise me. I just want to get back in the right position with you and start over again and prove to you again that I can be worthy of your righteousness. Oh, somebody needs to grab that in spirit tonight. When we look at verses 5 and 6, here we have David dealing with his confession before the Lord. David confesses his weakness. See, God knows our weakness. But that's how come we don't need to go before the Lord trying to dress nothing up before him. But we need to be willing to acknowledge that we all have weaknesses. None of us are strong in everything because all of us are weak in some things. But we need to be willing to acknowledge when we fall short because of our weakness. However, because we recognize that we have weaknesses, that does not cause us and give us license to take advantage of the weaknesses that we have and use that as a license to go and fall on purpose. So David, what he did in these verses, he confessed his weakness and he reminds God or what he desires for him as his chosen person. So David reminded God. He said, Lord, I was guilty when I was born. I was either sinful when my mother conceived me. My God, listen to David. How did it go on here before the Lord? My goodness. So he was being so honest. With God, he said, Behold, I was shaken in iniquity and in sin, and my mother conceived me. So he was saying, You know, when I was born, you know, I was already guilty. And I was, you know, even sinful, even when my mother conceived me. So, so Lord, I want you to consider that. You know, I, I wasn't even perfect from the beginning. There was something wrong when I came in this world. But at the same time, I do not want to take advantage of that and use that as an opportunity that I don't need to come before you because I'm a grown man now. So I've had all my life and all my opportunity in my relationship with you that I have learned how to walk as a man of God before you. So I have learned what a sinful nature is. So now I know i got to repent for what I have done. I know right from wrong. So I can't use the fact that I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. I can no longer use that as a license to say, Lord, now I don't have to come before you and repent for what I did. But after all, you know that I was born in sin. You know? And some of us are used 
Did you see? But go in the Bible. And David's love to say, well, look, well, look at what David did. And the Lord forgave David. But, yeah, God forgave David. But look, David followed him. Kingdom protocol. When David fell, David didn't just keep going on through his life like he didn't do anything in the sight of God. David followed kingdom protocol and got himself before the Lord and got prostrate on his face. And he prayed to God, God, you got to deliver me from this because I done messed my life up. I once had a true relationship with you. I'm a prayer woman. I'm a praise and worship leader. And I've lost all that because I'm temporarily separated from you because of what I have done. And I don't like the way I feel. I want that intimacy back with you. Not for those of us who may like that, so be it. But when we are true, born and believers, and we love that intimacy with God, then we're not going to feel good when we fall short. That thing will haunt us. Yes, it will. We won't be able to sleep that night. Or I say we shouldn't be able to sleep that night. Sin should cause us to toss and turn when we know that we have stepped out of position with God. Oh, my goodness. It should make us feel sick to the stomach when we know that we have done some things that was out of the will of God for our lives. And this is what was happening with David. So David said, I've got to get myself together. I need to start all over again. And David wasn't blaming nobody else for what he did. David was blaming himself. Hallelujah. Now, at first, he thought he could get away with it until the prophet came unto him and, and shed light on David. Say, David, you're the one that's at fault. So see, when the light is shining on us, and we be able to see our own fault and see our sins. It is time now we got to do something about it. But if we can walk around in our own fault and say it's okay because of who I am and because I'm in God's system here. But we got to learn to know that God will allow us to start all over with him when we can follow the kingdom protocol and get ourselves restored back to the right position in God. Psalm 58 and 3, as they were alluding to here, it says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born. Speak in mind. So, we wonder why sometimes people can go astray and do the thing that they do. Because the, the word of God says they're wicked. And when we wicked, we do wicked and evil things, and it don't bother us. Because that's what the word of God says, they're wicked. And they are estranged from the time that they are even born. And they grow up and they, they never learn to do anything different than their lives take the pattern as the world. Even though we, our lives sometimes, we go into the church because the world is so woven into our lives. The world grow up in us as adults. And the, our spiritual life is not clean up and patterned after the word of 
change. Huh, nah, nah. If we make change in our conversation, you know, so we can sound like everybody else, but what we do don't never really change because the old man remains on the inside of us. Yet David goes on to say, you don't know. You desire truth, and you desire integrity in the inward part, and in the hidden part, teach me wisdom. Inward part is a center of all true religion and righteousness that is if one is really saved, and of sin if one is still unsaved. What you talking about? Let us prove that. Second Corinthians 5. Verse 17 and 18 says, as Paul was teaching, he said, Therefore, that therefore is there, because see, we, we, we proclaim a lot of things about ourselves when we say that we have changed and that we are no longer the old man, but now we are walking in the new man. But, but, but see, Paul wants to remind us that we had a before, there is a now, and there's going to be a future of us. But he's saying, therefore, meaning previously, but now you're claiming, therefore, if any may be, meaning you said you were this way before, but now this is what you're saying, but if you be in Christ, that you say, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He said now you came as an old man. Now say old man, we're talking about an individual. We're not talking gender here. So he's saying that before you accept the Christ, you were you were you belonged to the world. You knew nothing about the Lord except you know that He existed. But when you came, the Lord allowed you, He gave you another opportunity to start over again. And He brought you into relationship and into fellowship with Him. So now there should be some new things happening in your life. You had to leave that old man back there. And if that old man started cropping up in your life, because of the power and the ministry of reconciliation that God gave you, the power of the Holy Ghost, now to be able to slap that old man down. See, Paul said in another chapter, in another verse, in other places, he said, let that old man die daily, meaning every day, because you got the Holy Ghost now, and that old man raises up the head up at you, the power of the Holy Ghost, you can slap that old man back down the side, chop him down at his knees, because that old man, no longer should be ruining your life. Why? Because you have been reconciled into Jesus Christ through the ministry of reconciliation. So you should have power over the old man. There was a time when the old man had power over you. But now that you have accepted Christ in your life, and now because you are born again believers, and you are filled with the Holy Ghost, and you have been sanctified through the power of the Holy Ghost, now you can use that power to take charge and control over the old man. And even when he rises up and try to remind you of who you used to be, you take charge over that. You know, you, you cannot, you, wait a minute now, let's take a thought. Let me tell you something, old man. 
That's who I used to be, but that's not who I am anymore. Why? Because God forgave me for that. He forgave me of that sin. He threw that sin in the bottom of the sea, and that he promised me that even he wouldn't remember it no more, and I'm not going to allow you to keep reminding me of it. And, that, and then he threw it as far as the east is from the west, that it should never meet up with one another anymore. You know, so now you walking anew as a new man or a woman, but as a child of God, you know, in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You know, so we should not be doing the same thing and indulging in the same type behaviors as we did in the old name. That's why Paul said, if, if you be in Christ, then you a new creature. That is, if you're really in Christ, you will not have the same type of behaviors that you had when you was in the old list. Because you are your DNA should have changed. And something in you that on the inside that lets you be satisfied with what you did as an old man ain't gonna let you be satisfied if you really knew. You won't be satisfied with that same kind of behavior now if you are. The new man. That's why he said, if you are new, all things are passed away. He said, behold, all things are become new. Why? Because all things are of God. The new things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life up so we can be made new. He gave his life up on the cross so we can remain old. Even he told his mother when he was going to the cross, he said, look, mama, I make all things new. So did Jesus go to the cross so we can stay the old person, so we can stay in sin, so we can remain in the same old behavior that we used to behave in, that we can keep doing the same old crazy stuff that we used to do and, and, and think that we can say that we are a child of God, but we want to put one foot on that side of the fence and put one foot on the other side of the fence. That ain't going to work. He said, you straddle it. No, no. He said, you look wrong when you straddle that day. He said, I need you to have both feet on one side, but you decide which side of the feet you want to stand on, on the lukewarm side, the hot side, or the cold side, but I need both of your feet on one side of the fence. He said, but I'm not a hard God to deal with. He said, because if you be willing, I'll let you start your life all over again, fresh and new, but you got to make that choice for yourself. Because I will reconcile you back to me when you are seriously ready. Oh my goodness. Let's move on. We look at verses seven and eight. Here in these two passages, then comes to the Lord again. Again, he's working David doing kingdom protocol here. David trying to get back to the Lord. He's trying to get back in right for this time. And that's what we got to do. We got to we got to go through the process, men and women of God. We got to do kingdom protocol when we step out of line. It's just like a car. When that car get out of alignment, that 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 car don't run as smoothly as it did when we first got that car. And we got to go through the process. We might put new tires on it, but if we put tires on the car and if the car ain't lined up, you got to pick that car back and see forever the, the tires are wear out. All the treads are, are way out on that car because something still ain't right the way it should be. And we got to keep taking it back, taking it back until everything comes into total alignment. 
Oh, now, I'm not no mechanic. My husband is a mechanic. So I pick up a few things. You look at me around him. Now, he won't let me stand around while he's fixing on the car. So I have to listen at him talk about, you know, what mechanics is and stuff when he's working on the car. You know, but, but it's so different. You know, we have to keep going back to God. You know, the minister, that's what the minister of reconciliation. We got to keep picking ourselves and putting ourselves back before the Lord until he get us back in the right position where we need to be so we can walk the right way before him, the way that he has called us as his servant people to do so. So this is what David was doing. David was following in the protocol, trying to get himself back to where he needed to be in the Lord. So when we look at verses 7 and 8, here David is going through a, 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 a little time of repentance here. David said, he's coming before God, formerly repent, knowing he was in great need of a spiritual cleansing from his sin. He asked God, heard or purify him with his thought and wash him rather than snow. He cried, let me hear joy and gladness again. Even take away my brokenness so that I may rejoice again. That I might praise and worship you with a loud voice again. They were saying I used to be able to do these things, but because of the sin that I have committed, I'm so broken. I can no longer do these things. I don't have no more joy anymore. Oh my goodness. Anybody on the line feel like you done lost your joy? Maybe you might need to go back before the Lord, or you might need to look at the light of the Lord. Open up my spiritual eyes and let me see. Maybe there's something that I have done that I may have missed. Show me. What do I need to do? What do I need to get right in my life so I can be clean, so I can start over in a right place with you? Because I want my joy back. I want my praise and worship time back with you. I want to get back in right position with you. You know, sometimes we need to do a spiritual cleansing, you know, with God. You see, hyssop was used in ancient times as a cleansing herb in temples as well as other sacred places of worship for ritual cleansing purposes. You know, so we need not to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to wash me. I need you to purge me so that I can be purified. You know, so I, I need to be totally cleansed. You know, you and, and you don't know, have to tell nobody. Go to the Lord and tell the Lord, Lord, I, I did some things that I had no business doing. My God, there ain't nothing no secret with the Lord. And if you got somebody that you can trust, a trusted friend, you know, anybody who you feel that you can trust that you can talk to, that once you're talking and before can get a cold on your breath or on your lips, you think that they're going to run it and spread it all over at the stop sign. You know, confess it to somebody, but get get that thing out of you. Ask God, Lord, help me get this thing out of me because I have fallen away. I have fallen short. This is what David was doing. David was repenting to the Lord, telling God about what he's doing. David was working kingdom protocol, trying to get back in right position with the Lord. And we all got to do it. Just only David was the only one had to do it. See, we'll talk about David. It's easy to talk about David now. But what about our own individual lives? 
when are we going to work things on protocol? It's easy to talk about these challenges in the Bible, but we got to do the same thing in the Bible that when these challenges here in the Bible did, because the Lord's going to deal with us the same way. Yes, he will. So he was working the kingdom protocol, but he was saying, Lord, please, I, I want my joy back. My praise don't even sound the same no more. There ain't nothing no more sadder than a forced praise. Who want to have to force praise unto God? The Lord knows we force praise in him. Our worship don't even sound right no more. But we do it because uh, we, we might be the praise and the worship leader, or praise and worship leader might be happening, and we might be called on to lead praise and worship, or we might be called on to prayer, we might be called on to read scripture, or whatever we might be called on to do in the house of the Lord. And we do it because we are asked to do it. But, but if we listen to our own self, how does it even sound before the Lord? My God, ain't no joy in it. Ain't, ain't no anointing in it. When he sang, that you don't even sing with the anointing no more. But David, David recognized something is a matter because I don't even sound, I ain't got no joy no more. I don't even feel that going to the house of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. You need to look at that stuff like that. I don't even feel that getting up out the bed no more. Even going to the house. I don't even feel that getting on the line no more. I don't even feel that singing to the Lord. I don't feel that praying no more. I don't even feel that doing praise and worship to the Lord no more. David felt all that. David was going through all that. This is why David was picking himself through the kingdom protocol. He said, God, I got to get, I got to get back in the right position because I miss that. I miss my relationship with you. I miss my fellowship time with you. I miss our moment that just you and me. You know, so don't, don't wait till we get to the to the house of God where we are among everybody else. We can hide among the corporate worship, but how does our worship sound when we ain't nobody but us? It's just us and the Lord. See, David had a him and God moment by themselves. But David said, I want them moment back. So there ain't nobody, Lord, but you and me. Let me start over again. My, my, my. When you look at verse 9, here David was going through, he was asking God for his forgiveness. David now pleads for God's forgiveness as he realizes his unworthiness and his undeserving right. Yet, God's grace and God's mercy granted him boldness to coming to his presence. To gain access to his heavenly father's holiness. Rather that God is too holy to look upon his sin, just as God turned his face away from Jesus, his only begotten son, when he was hanging on the cross after taking on the sins of man. David says, Hide your face or turn your face away from my sin and blot out all of my guilt. Oh, can you hear David getting closer to starting over again? Somebody need to be getting ready to start over again. First John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, as if not, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, glory, hallelujah. You can start over again. God will not hold anything against us. 
The only thing that will cause that relationship to stay divided between us and God is when we choose not to repent of what we have done. And we just want to walk around and act like we haven't done a thing. But we heard what the, the Bible just said, if we confess our sins, the Lord himself, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us. He will to forgive us. He wants to forgive us. But he can't forgive us if we don't repent. Oh, my God. Did somebody hear that? He can't forgive us if we don't repent. And we got to be sincere in our repenting. God love us. He wants us to come before him. He wants us to repent so that he can forgive us. He's waiting to forgive us. But he cannot forgive us until we repent for what we have done. Oh, glory had to be. When we look at verses 10 and 11, as we read it, you can almost hear in the spirit David's loneliness and his brokenheartedness as a result of his sin. However, he is not allowing himself to remain stuck in the gale of sin, which separated him like a gulf of fire or a sea of water from God. David cried out, I want to start over again, God. So create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit, meaning a steadfast spirit in me. Oh, my, 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 my. Can you just hear that in his spirit? How David is crying out. He recognizes that. He needs that. Lord, I need something new. You look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And who are the pure in heart? They are the born again believers. Those who have turned their backs on that old man, that old sense of nature that they once had and they walked in it, and they allowed the Lord to give them a new birth so that they could start all over again. Oh my goodness. James 4 and 8 says, God said, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. Oh, if you got any double-minded on the line tonight. But oh, yes, no matter how many sins you have committed, no matter how double-minded you have been, when you come before the Lord and you work the kingdom, because that's a kingdom protocol, as David is working in these passages tonight, you can start over again, oh, hallelujah. David goes on, pleading with God. Lord, don't banish me from your presence. And please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. David knew the necessity and the importance of having the Holy Spirit. The anointing of God, which is our paraclete, abide in and with him. See, the paraclete is our helper. My, my, my. David knew that he needed the Holy Spirit to abide in and with him, to help him in every situation. Especially with him being the king, he needed the Holy Spirit to be with him in all of his decision making. 
when we look at Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 23, it says, And the Lord was gracious unto them, and had compassion on them, and had respect unto them, because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and would not destroy them, neither cast he them from his presence as yet. The Lord said, the only reason I have not destroyed you yet, Israel, is because of the covenant that I have made with your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we better know that the only reason some of us are still alive is because of our parents, our forefathers, our grandparents. Somebody been praying for us. Somebody is walking in the Holy Spirit. Somebody is falling out the darkness of God. And that's the only reason God has not destroyed some of us yet. But the Lord said, I'm still, I'm giving you opportunity to come before me and get yourself together. I'll let you start over if you follow kingdom protocol and come to me so I can restore you back to me. This is I need you to come. Jeremiah 70, 15 says, and I will cast you out of my sight as I have cast out all your brethren. Even the whole seed of Ephraim. God had them cast out the whole ten tribes because of their disobedience and because of their sin. So don't think that God won't cast you out. Yes, he will. Even your entire family, God can do it if he wants to. My, my, my. He's saying he has not done it as of yet because somebody somewhere is praying for you. But he wants to allow you to be able to remain in fellowship and remain in right relationship with him or you better start all over again and you can start tonight when we look at verses 12 and 13 and we can bring it home david has followed kingdom protocol to once again receive the joy of the salvation that he once walked in you see you can't or you don't need to restore anything that has never been lost see he's lost fellowship he's lost that relationship with god Glory, hallelujah. Anybody on the line feel that you might have lost your fellowship with God? Might be feel that you have lost that relationship with God? See, you don't need to restore nothing that ain't never been lost. Now, he said, now, Lord, I honor myself before you. I'm naked to my sins. Empty of my faults. So please, listen, listen, listen at this voice. Just listen at David. He said, so please, freely, bear me up. And restore me back to my spiritual position in you. Give me back my relationship. Give me back my right to fellowship with you. And give me back my charge to praise and worship you. I'm ready now to start over again. I want to start fresh in what you have laid out before me as your servant to do. And when you fully restore me, then I will be a witness and teach other rebellious children about your goodness and forgiveness unto me. Then even sinners will turn from their wicked and sinful ways and come back to you so that together we will all start over again. Amen, amen, and amen. I believe somebody on this line tonight may feel that maybe you have walked out from under the umbrella of 
that that free salvation that the Lord has provided unto us. But he said, you can start over again tonight. All he needs for us to do is to work the kingdom protocol as David did. Throw yourself at the mercy of God. He said, I will forgive you if you come before me and you make your plea to me, acknowledge to me what you have done, and you confess that sin, you repent of it, I will forgive you, I will cleanse you, and I will restore you back to your spiritual position of which I created you to be in me as a born-again child of God. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. We thank God tonight for this word. Oh, I wish I was in a Colosseum uh, or standing on a mountain as, as Jesus would be on the mountain teaching the multitude. I just wish that there was a multitude of people that was before this word on tonight. Amen, amen, amen. We want you to continue to share this word even after we get off the line tonight. Please share this word, amen, because it is worthy to be heard. We want to thank all of you who took the time to um, join in with Transforming Lives by the Radio tonight. And we want to bless all of to all of our faithful listeners who tune in with us. We want to ask God, amen, to bless you in a very, very special way. And we pray that somebody's heart have been enlightened and your understanding have been also enlightened by this word and illuminated by this word. The revelation was brought to you tonight. Amen. And we pray that somebody's life will be transformed by this word. We want to thank Jerry Ross Live worldwide. Praise the Lord. We want to thank Positive Power 21.org. We want to thank all of you again on tonight. Following Transforming Lives by the radio, you will be listening to none other than Paula Leon on that testimony. And following Paula, you will be listening to none other than Veronica Brown on Pearl with Veronica. So stay tuned. Don't hang up. Don't go anywhere. Amen. Because there is still more words to come. And this is Dr. V telling you that you can start over again. We love you, but God loves you more. So start over with him. Dr. V saying good night. Lives Bible Radio Show with Dr. V of Florence, South Carolina and the Divine Church of Deliverance. Catch Transforming Bible Radio Show every Tuesday with Dr. V at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Positive Power with Robert Side Christian Media and Spreaker Podcast. You are listening to Jerry Royce Live Worldwide Podcast.